Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. We're going to open up our Bibles. I'm going to open up my tablet. <laughs> and we're going to go right into John chapter 4, verses 14 through 24. I'm sorry for those of you who need glasses. It's very, very tiny print, but I got LASIK, so I can read it. <laughs> uh, uh, verse 13, uh, just a quick context uh, for this scripture. Uh, some of us are familiar with the story of the woman at the well. For those of you who aren't, Jesus is at this well, and this, this woman is, is coming to the well to draw some water and Essentially, Jesus asks her for a drink, and this conversation takes place, and, and this back and forth kind of starts to happen, and um, uh, uh, she's, she's kind of hesitant, she's like, why are you even talking to me, I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew, we guys, you guys you, you don't, we don't really get along, we're like Dominicans and Puerto Ricans, like, no, um, and, and eventually... We enter this phase in the conversation, and, and uh, poor Mayling is Dominican and Puerto Rican, so there's an inner struggle within her all the time. <laughs> uh, we enter this place in the scripture, and this is where this story takes off. Verse 13, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir... Give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said, you drink smart water, but I have smarter water. Um, she, he told her, go call your husband and come back. The woman said, I have no husband. And uh, Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. Everybody go, ooh. <laughs> Jesus just dropped some truth. What you have just said is quite true, sir. The woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim to place, uh, you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come. Can you guys say that with me? And has now come. When the true worshipers will worship with the Father in the, in the spirit and in truth. Everybody say truth. truth. Everybody say in spirit in and in spirit. truth. Let me get ahead. No. <laughs> uh, in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and truth. Can you guys bow your heads with me? Can we just take some time to, to step into his presence? God, I, I thank you that. You call me to do this, God. I thank you that, that we have a body of believers that, that desire to know you more. God, I pray that today, this may not just be that time Reuben preached a good sermon. No, 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 but this may be time, that time that we caught it. That our worship stepped to the next level. That, that we, it became more than just singing songs and, and more, more, God. That we, that we realized that worship was more, but, but at our core, we may be true worshipers, God. I thank you, Lord. For your love, your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So, uh, I read books. 
I'm in college, so I have to. Uh, I've never read this book, but there's a popular a book that this concept comes from, and you can raise your hands if you're familiar with it. Uh, the the five love languages. Have you guys ever heard of the five love languages, right? So it's this idea that the way humanity, humans, we express love, that there are languages within them, and we all possess the five, but there's kind of this hierarchy, like some of us are, are uh, physical touch, May is not really physical touch, uh, uh, some of us are a couple things, I'm actually going to go into them, one of them is gift giving, how do you know that you express love or receive love through gift givers, uh, through gift giving, well, uh, you're that kind of uh, person that when people start telling you stories about their life that you start secretly like taking notes down like like oh yeah you know when I, I used to live in California and when I grew up there my mother used to play the ukulele and I just loved it but I don't live there anymore so I, I don't get to see her and while they're saying this you're like scribbling it down or you're taking mental notes without realizing it and then and then their birthday comes and you're like hey I got you this ukulele and it's, it's the same brand and you know because you remember that time you said your mom used to play the ukulele and I just thought it was amazing you're like you love the idea of giving gifts like Christmas is your favorite holiday but not for the season but because you get to give gifts you love gift giving so much that when you're shopping in the mall you don't see items you see people you see names you don't see a ukulele you're like oh that's Jenny right there Ooh, I need to purchase this, this Jenny. Ooh, ooh, that? That is so Stephanie. I need to get this right here because this is her right here. You don't see that because you're a gift giver. I am not a gift giver. I get gift cards. So people whose number one love language is gift giving do not like me. Say, oh, you put no thought into this. Great. <laughs> I can see your heart. I'm like, I, I hate the stress of gift giving. I actually apologize to people when I'm giving gifts. I'm like, I'm sorry. I give the gift receipt before I give the gift. I'm like, here, just in case you don't want it. Right, but but others, some of us, another language is um, quality time. Quality time is easy. You find yourself texting a lot, just be around me. I just, can you just be here? Like, no, get off your phone. You're not present. Be present. I'm, I'm quality time, so I can relate. I was I was dating this girl, and I used to drive 45 minutes just to New Jersey just to hang out with her. I just be like, hey, and then I go home because <laughs> just to be around. Like that's quality time. And then there's words of affirmation. I'm gonna let you guys in on a big, big secret. Your lead pastor, Pastor Rolando, he's not here, so I can, I can tell you guys this. He's all words of affirmation. The other day, we're brothers, right? So we're, we're in this little debate. Uh, we're, we're, we're fake intellectuals, so we, well, I don't, I don't know about this. And whoa, whoa, right? So we're, we're kind of debating a little, right? And uh, he, he forgets that I, I major in psychology. He forgets that I'm a behavior therapist, right? I know his love language, so I'm like, I, 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 I just, I'm like, you know, bro, I just, I just can't think of that that way because you you know what it is? Your mind is just so marvelous and magnificent and you, you think these thoughts that are just like, I'm like, whoa, where did he, that come from? And he looked at me and goes, I know what you're doing and it's working. That's words of affirmation, right? Like he's like, I know what you're doing, but keep going. Right now, my mother, hey mom, uh, my mother is acts of service. Woo! So here we have some fans of acts of service. And my number one is physical touch. So here's the thing. My mother's number one is acts of service, but my number five is acts of service. My number one is, uh, yeah, my, my number one is physical touch, but my mother's number five, actually, my mother's unique, she has six love languages. Her fifth one is don't love me. Like, physical touch is that far behind. Like, listen, if, if you really want to hug me, don't. She prefers that to physical touch. So, so physical touch is her last one. As kids, uh, she, she, you know, she, uh, she was a great mom. She, she, she allowed it, right? I would hug her and I would, I would sleep in her bed. I slept 
in her bed for a while. <coughs> Mama's boy. Um, and uh, she would have to like go 007, super stealth, Metal Gear Solid, to, just to go to work because I would hug her. And, and the second I woke up when she was gone, I'd start crying. Mommy! I'd grab her blanket, I'd smell it because it would smell like her. And I don't do that anymore. I'm older, you know, I definitely didn't do that. When she went to Costa Rica for the first time, I did not sleep in her room. As a teenager, though, it, it changed, and I would go and I would hug her and I'd say, I love you, mommy, and she'd be like, yeah, if you love me, the, the trash would be taken out. Like, I just love you, and she'd be like, yeah, if you love me, your room would be clean. Right? Um, and, and I remember the first time, uh, as I got older, the first time, like, my first true love. You guys know that, that first true love? I broke up with my first true love. You ever love someone so much that when you break up with them, you have to spend... Uh, two days at your brother's house crying listening to breakup songs. When I say wrongly have been there for me, they've been there for me. <laughs> uh, uh, so two days later, I came back to my house and my mom's like, where have you been? What's going on? And as I'm telling her the story, I start sobbing. I'm like, mom, she left. Well, no, she didn't leave me, but we broke up. Nobody could leave me. It was, you know, it was mutual. <laughs> um, and, and then she sees me and then her heart starts breaking. So she's crying and I'm crying and we're both crying. She comes up to me and my mother, the non-physical touch person, comes up to me. I'm sitting on my bed right here and she comes up to me and she goes, Ruben, you're crying and now I'm crying. And she lifts up her arm and I'm physical touch. So I'm like, I'm waiting for the embrace because that's what you need. That's all you need, right? She comes and she goes, it's going to be okay. <laughs> she pats me on the back. I'm like, yeah. That's that's a hug from my mom. So uh, recently, I got um I uh, I got strep throat. Thank you, John. Welcome. Um, I got strep throat, and and I'm turning into a big baby. I'm turning into that five year old on the bed holding her blanket again. I'm like, Ma, just just hold me. It'll make me feel better, please, Ma. She's like, Ruben, that's not gonna make you feel better. That's not. What's that gonna do? And in the same sentence. She's, it's 10 o'clock at night, she's throwing on her jacket, she goes to the store, we live in Clifton, which is between Stapleton and Park Hill, guys, so my mom's 62, out at 10 o'clock at night, no, but she goes out to the store, and puts, she puts on her jacket, goes and gets me medicine, come, in the same motion, because that's her love language, that's always been our relationship, and I'm, I'm getting better, like just yesterday I was super sick, and uh, instead, of, uh, instead of asking for a hug, I said, Ma, can you tuck me in? And she did, because I know her language now. And, and, and so I'm a, I'm a wannabe psychologist, right? I'm majoring in psychology, and I love this idea that there's these languages with humanity, and humanity, uh, they, we interact with each other, and there's this language for love, and, and see, I, I, I tell this story, I break this down, because I believe in the same way that there is a language for love, that, that there is a language of worship, and the language of worship is spirit and truth. See, at Kuha, we believe that we worship in spirit and truth. That is the language of the kingdom. We come to God as who we are, in spirit and truth. And I love the story of the Samaritan woman because I feel like I want to I want to use her because I feel like if we use the story of the Samaritan woman and we step into her shoes, we'll find that her shoes are pretty comfortable because sometimes we're her. See, she has these questions about worship. She's like, well, where do we worship? She's looking for this location of, of worship. She's like, where do we worship? I think sometimes we, we think that, not, not necessarily in a physical location, but in our hearts. Well, where do I worship? What's the right mood? I gotta, I gotta feel my worship. You know, I was gonna worship today, but then my, my spouse said something to me and it just got me angry. And I can't worship angry. You can't come to God angry. And we, we look, we ask this question. And I wanna let you guys know today, this is my first point, that, that worship is more than a feeling. Worship is not a feeling. Worship is a response. It's a, worship, it's a response to two things. It's, it's a response to His goodness. And it's a response to our situation. See, 
Can we put that point up? Worship is not a feeling, it's a response. When we, when we go into the scriptures, we look at we look at Isaiah 25, verse 1, one verse. Lord, you are my God. He's, he's, he's worshiping him. I will exalt you and praise you. For in perfect faithfulness, you have done wonderful things, plan to go. You see, he worships, but why? Because your faithfulness, because you're good. First Chronicles 23 to 25. Sing to the Lord. Proclaim his salvation. Declare his glory. His marvelous deeds. Why? Because he's great and most worthy of praise. Worship. We, we don't get in the mood to worship. No, no, no. In the same way you look at your kids and you don't decide to love your kids. I know sometimes you guys wish you could decide to unlove them. <laughs> um, you, you, you look at your kids and, and they just draw this response of love when we focus on God's goodness. He pulls worship out of us. It, it's, and we're wired to worship. See, and, and in the same way, like Kuha, that's what we believe, that we look at God and we respond to his goodness and worship. But not just his goodness. No, we look at our situation. See, we don't believe, we don't believe that your situation distracts your worship, whether it's positive or negative. No, we believe your situation has the power to amplify your worship. Can, can we go to Romans? I believe it's, oh, it's Acts. Can we go to Acts? See, Peter and Silas, after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. I'm going to skip a little bit ahead. They're thrown into prison. Uh, they're, they're, their feet are bound. And at about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. They were singing, singing those old school hymns. Right? To God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Say that. Listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Paul and Silas looked at their situation and they'd be like, nobody's going to say like, well, Paul and Silas, you have to worship in that moment. Nobody's going to, right? It's understandable. But they decide to look at their situation and they decide to worship. And, and what I love is that other people begin to listen. And I want to let you guys know today, when you allow your situation to amplify your worship, people start listening. You, your worship doesn't just change your life. No, it changes those around you. People start listening to you. And, and prisoners, people who are in prison, become free. Because why? Paul and Silas could, could have just been home chilling, right? Could have been Netflixing. Hanging out. And hey, let's just let's just go worship and, and worship. And it would have been great and God would have moved. No, no, no. But, but because they were in prison and they began to worship in prison, now people who were in chains with them began to worship, uh, began to listen. And, and those prisoners now became free. Amen. We believe that worship amplifies, we, we believe that our situation amplifies our worship. And when we look at God's goodness, when we look at our situation, whether it's positive or negative. See, I, it doesn't say it, but I like to imagine that they were worshiping when they were in prison. And the second they were set free, they began to worship more. They, they looked at their new situation and said, I'm going to worship God some more. Because I, I once was bound, but now I'm free. I once was blind, but now I see. Amen. And worship is a response. And I think once we get that. Like, like we, can, we can get that and, but then, then it's, we also worship in truth and I think we can still respond like even the Samaritan woman responds finally she's like okay God give me a drink but then she doesn't respond in truth so he's like okay get your husband and then she puts up the well I don't you ever like do the lie that's not a lie like technically I don't have a husband so Jesus pulls the truth out of us and I, out of her and I think sometimes like I said we're her where, where we, we, we come to God and we can respond but we don't necessarily respond truthfully and I I promise you I was, when, when I received this topic when I saw this topic I was like okay I'm going to break down truth but then but then I thought we, all, we know what truth is 
we know what it is to, 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 to be true. We, we understand that on paper, but I think there's this disconnect between our heart and our mind, and, and sometimes our heart overpowers us, and we know on paper, oh, you can be yourself before God. Jesus loves you. We all know that, right? John 3, 16, one of the most popular verses, for God so loved the world. We get that, but when, when we try to put it into practice, we start worshiping like other people, or, 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 or not, oh, God wants my truth, but he doesn't want all of my truth. Like, even I don't want to know that I think that way. Even I don't want to know that I act that way, but, but I want to let you guys know today this is my second point, that we can reveal it all before God. Because God has done it all. Since God did it all, we can reveal all before Him. <laughs> Romans 5, 6 uh, through 8 says this. See, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, everybody say powerless, powerless. Christ died for the ungodly. Say ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You, you, I, I want to I make sure I say this carefully, but, but I read this and, and my fear of rejection from God, it, it, it's impossible for me to fear rejection from God to know that... It was, this is written in context, right? While we were still sinners, but the thing is, we weren't there at that time. So for us, it was before we were ever even sinners. Yeah. Before we were taking our first steps, God was taking. God had already taken his steps to the cross. Yeah. Before we were saying our first words, God had already said the only word that mattered. It is finished. Right? He's, he's come too far to start rejecting you. First of all, he already knows you're dirt. Right? She says, I had no husband. He goes, yeah. oh, actually, yeah, you're right. You've had five. He knows you're dirty. We're like, we're like, you ever see like a, when a little kid tries to hide like a big gift behind their back? They're like, but you can see it sticking out. Like, we're, we're trying to hide. But for, he knows it. He's not going to reject it. He wants us to come. And we can bear it all. I, I think David is the perfect example of this because I look at David sometimes. I'm like, if David could do it, I could definitely do it because David was a mess. We look at Psalms and Psalms is a book of worship. And, he, and, and it, we read this. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. He's worshiping. And then all of a sudden, this is in worship. For troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. There are more than the hairs of my head and my heart fails within me. Be pleased to save me, Lord. Come quickly. Have, have you ever sang that song of worship? I know we've all felt that way. Like, you know, my troubles, how, how the heck am I going to make it through? Have we sung that song of worship to God? God, I'm not going to come to you. David was a king. He defeated David. Uh, he defeated David. He defeated Goliath. He defeated a lion, a bear, and what's the other one? A wolf? A wolf? What is it? Lion and a bear. Maybe a wolf. Maybe that's an apocryphal somewhere. <laughs> he defeated a lion and a bear. I, I've never, I, I could, would only hope. He could have said that. Like, yeah, there's trouble around me, but you know, I defeated the lion and a bear. I'm good. He could have came to God like that, but no, he's like, God, I hope. I don't have it together. He reveals it all. What I love is that this is before the revelation of Jesus. This is before Jesus comes to earth. This is written in the Old Testament. We have the revelation of Jesus. Yeah. I look at this and I say, I have to be able to reveal it all. I have to be able to come to God. I want this to be my worship. At Kuha, we believe that this is our song of worship. We don't have it together. We just worship before the one who has it together. At Kuha, we believe that, that, that those sin may, may overtake us, that our troubles may surround us, that, that God will come quickly to help us, that he will be pleased to save me. He doesn't go, please save me. He goes, be pleased to save me. Amen. I love that. Amen. I love that. 
can reveal it before God. And see, see, the thing is, when we reveal it before ourselves before God, when we come to God in true worship, when we, when we come to God as the person that, the people that we are, God reveals in us the people that we're becoming. I'm going to let you guys think about that. I'm going to take a drink of wine. Amen. <laughs> See, worship helps us live the life we're created for. My last point is this, that, that worship retunes our hearts to God's beat. It retunes our heart to be with God's vision. It beats along with God's vision. See, see, it, it's not in my slide, so don't worry. But 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 after this conversation, Jesus reveals to this woman that he's the Messiah, and the the, the disciples come, and and there's a bunch of stuff in between. But but John chapter four verses twenty eight through thirty pick up like this. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of town and made their way toward him. And then later on in verse 39 it says, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. This woman didn't, didn't want to talk to anybody. Many commentators say that she was even out at that time because she was trying to avoid the crowd. Right? She didn't want to talk to Jesus. She's hesitant to talk to Jesus in the beginning. And, and all of a sudden, she leaves that conversation talking to people. She, she leaves as an evangelist. She brings people to God. Her heart is different. Her heart is different. And, and, and even like these people, they, they, it says they believed because of her, but then they have an encounter in, with Jesus. I love that her testimony, that, that because her heart starts to beat be along with the vision, right? He says, I'm the Messiah. What does she do? She starts telling people, hey, I think this is the Messiah. People are able to have their own encounter with Jesus. See, what worship, can I be honest? This world, it's sticky. It sounds weird, right? But give me a second. You go through life. I'm 22 years old. I'm about to be 23. A few weeks, February 6th, <clears throat> you can send gifts to this address. <laughs> I'm about to be 23. And at only 23 years of age, I'm like, whoa, like, thoughts fly across my head, and I'm like, when did I start believing that? I, practically, practically, you guys can answer this if you want. I'm going to ask you a question. What percentage of our brains do we use? 10? No, we use 100%. But, but, it's kind of just this popular misconception, and that's an insignificant thing. Like, if you believe you you only use 10%, it's not like you're gonna start using 10%. It's a little thing, but it just kind of creeped its way into popular belief, and it's this misconception all of a sudden that we have, and it goes deeper. I, I learned, this is what happens when you're in school, in college, I, I'm in my philosophy class, and I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this, but I learned this week that race, the idea of race, ethnicity has always existed, I'm from, uh, my, my mother's from Costa Rica, you're from, you're from Dominican Republic, right? But the idea of race, I'm black, you're white, and there's certain things that, that make me this, uh, and that make me look this way. The idea of race is only 500 years old. It's an invention. Like, it's a concept that, that people, and I'm, I had to, like, my philosophy teacher is explaining this, and even now, I'm like, but it's just, how do, how do you undo that, right? 
and, and these are these are simple concepts, but I think in life that happens. We we go through life with a defeatist mentality. We go, we, but, but, but God's word says, uh, I've made you more than a conqueror. We don't realize that we're thinking some of the things. We're like, why? Why do I think this way? Can I be honest with you guys? When I first came in, came to the Lord, when I first became Christian, I started doing this. I started worshiping and, and, and reading his word and, and reading scripture and seeing what scripture says about women, right? The Bible calls us to, to treat women like our sisters. And I promise if you would have asked me before I was a Christian, do you objectify women? I'd say, of course not. I believe women are our peers. They're, we're equals. But, when, but then I started reading God's word and saying how Christians ought to treat women. And I'm like, I think I objectify women. You, you start reading God's word and then looking at your habits and you're like, wait a minute, every time this, this person pops up on my explore page, I, I'm, I'm here a little bit longer. Right? Like, hmm, I keep looking at her page even though I know I shouldn't be. I think I've had to constantly go to God's throne, go into worship because there's this mentality. We see it in our culture, right? We see it in uh, we see it on media that there's this objectification and we don't realize, but that's that gets stuck to us. And the scripture says, Romans 12 through 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth. Teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. And the worship team can start coming up. We need to be truthfully ourselves before God because it's in worship that our heart starts to beat. And we, we, we go through life, and, and like, Roman, like Roman says, we can discern his perfect will. We, we, things come to us, and we go, nah, that's, that's, not, that's not for me. And we walk through life, and our, our heart is beating to his vision. We go, hmm. That's not for me. Mm. But then our heart starts, it, it starts meeting something that's in the same frequency as his vision. And we start getting drawn to his vision. I, mean, I got to go to this. See, when our heart starts beating for God's vision, we know his will. When we come to God, like, who we believe we come to God. Because it is in God that he gets us together and creates not the person we think we should be. Not the person we think we're supposed to be. Not the person that we think we're supposed to worship like. Please, if I try to worship like Ellie. You guys will not be here. Right? I would. <laughs> you know, I, I'm being transparent here. I used to actually, I made a joke earlier, self-conscious about my worship, the way I dance. I'm offbeat. That's what happens when you have, you have exes, right? They say a comment and it just sticks with you. Um, but then Ellie said something one time, and Andrew, too, I think, they, they, they were in a meeting one time, and they were just like, I love when I'm up here, and I see Ruben back there worshiping. That's when I know we're we're moving. That's why I know we're going somewhere. And that, that touched me. She listens to my worship. And she never said, oh, but imagine if he actually worshiped, worshiped coordinated and, and sing. No, no, no. She said, just the way he is, his worship ministers to me. There's a quote from Ravi, Ravi Zacharias. It says this. Worship is the submission of all our nature. At Kuhal, we believe that we submit all of who we are to God. It's the quickening of our conscience, that our conscience is corrected by His holiness. Our mind is fed. It's the nourishment of mind by His truth and purifying of imagination by His beauty. Opening of the heart to His love and submission of will to His purpose. All this gathered up in the adoration 
is the greatest of all expression of which we are capable. At Kuha, we believe the greatest expression we're capable of is worshiping our daddy completely and wholly abandoned to him. See, in scripture, there's this, there's a couple uses of this analogy of God being the potter and us being the clay. And God, and I love it because it's how I picture my walk with God. It's how I think our walk with God is. We're on the potter's wheel. God is constantly just molding us, molding us. And sometimes we go through life and, and, and these, these cultural values stick to us like, like dirt would stick to clay once it hit the floor. We get these cracks and these bumps and we get shaped into things we're not supposed to be shaped to. But as long as we stay on the wheel, as long as we say, God, this is my shape, this is how humanity has shaped me, shape me the way you see me, shape me the way I'm supposed to be. Yes. As long as we stay on the wheel in worship before him, in honesty, could you imagine if, if the, the clay, it, it had a piece of dirt stuck to it and was on the wheel and, and like tried to hide it from the potter, the person who's supposed to go, oh, that's not, that's not you. Imagine going through life like that. Like, cool how we believe we worship and we go, God, look, look at this scar. Look at this. Why, how did this happen, God? God, my, my fear, my, my troubles surround me. My, 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 my sin is overwhelming. I can't see, God. But as long as we remain on the wheel, it doesn't matter if we can see because our heart is beating to His vision. We, at Kuha, we believe we should stay there. And, and, and that's my prayer for you guys today, that this church may be a church that when people look at us, they say, oh, man, there's, some, there's, like a, there's a truth about their worship. There's something honest about them. They, they don't seem like they're trying to act like other people. They don't seem like they're worshiping like other people. They seem like they're worshiping like them. They're, there's an honesty in their worship. That their situation, that they're, man, he's, he's going through what? And he's worshiping before God that people may listen to our worship. That's what we believe here at Kuha. That we step before God and we worship holy and honestly before Him. Can you guys stand to your feet? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, Go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.